From that character in your book to the adrenaline in your workout, the focus in your drive, tranquility in your space, from the mayo in your hot dog to whatever brews your coffee. That's what Gumzo with your inner voice is all about. Conversations that keep you connected with you. So whether you are comfortable with your own company or you are the heartbeat of the crew, this is your space. Welcome to Gumzo with your inner voice. If it is Wednesday, you know it is the day to have some Gumzo with your inner voice where we are all about conversations that keep you connected with you. Hello my awesome people and welcome to episode 8 of Gumzo with your inner voice. Now thanks to you, Uganda is the new country on the Gumzo listening blog and I tell you, whatever you people are doing is definitely working. So keep living up to the Gumzo mantra, listen, enjoy, share and repeat. You can enjoy the moments of this podcast as well as the previous episodes we have posted via Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google podcast and you do not have to download another app to listen to this podcast. Remember to reach us through our social media platforms that is Twitter and Instagram the handle being Gumzo the podcast and equally write to us giving us your feedback and equally sharing your stories via the email address Gumzo the podcast at gmail.com. How have you been and a note to my Kenyan people. <laughs> How does it feel? Kupigwa na butwa. I know so many of us are expecting the lockdown and cessation movement to cease. But here we are. And you see, the problem all started with people referring to the president as Jaden. Ati Jaden ajamka. And talk about using soothing names to refer to the president, such as President of Presidents, their daddy, the only president with awesome shirts and an awesome wristwatch. And after all that, you hear fellow Kenyans. He's a memezote Yeah. Anyway, here we are. In episode eight, we want to send some shout-outs to the following fans. So shout-out to you. We have Vero, Norman, Dixon, Yvette Koth, shout-out to you, Pesian, Jesse, McKenna, shout-out to Yvonne Ouche, Yvonne Munga, Lin Kaka, shout-out to our publicist, Valerie Musila. We also have shout-outs to Nessie, Gladys and Philip. By the way, Philip is an amazing stylist for all the men. If you need amazing suits, this is definitely the guy and we'll be sharing his details in subsequent episodes. And again, please do not throw stones or break your listening devices. More shoutouts will be coming your way in subsequent episodes. We are still on the series, My First Time Experience and Episode 7, My Lever, seem to resonate with quite a number of you. And we guarantee this week's episode is equally amazing. So let's dive straight into it and listen to Frida's experience, of course, not her real name. 
I met him a year after finishing high school. It was a long distance relationship because he had already joined Compass. We kept in touch, talking, texting, till late in the night. You know those conversations you have sleeping on your back with your feet on the wall or sitting on the floor that you would on a normal day consider primitive. Those late night conversations that would end with you hung up, no you hung up, you hung up, no you hung up, no you hung up, no you hung up. At some point, we felt a semester was too long to wait to see each other. And so, Ken decided to part with a fraction of his held money to send me fare to go visit him in Compass. That starred excitement and stress. Excitement to go see him. Stress on how I was going to convince my mom to allow me to leave the house for three days and two nights for the first time ever on my own. Problem with being the only child. I finally hatched the plot with my cousin who called my mom to request for my presence to attend her upcoming birthday party. To paint the picture accurately, I had to actually go to my cousin's place first, which was towns apart from my place, before traveling to see Ken. This was to solidify my travel itinerary because I knew my mom would definitely call my cousin. Talk of having an African mom. When I got to my cousin's place, I found other cousins present. Unanimously, they all agreed to explore new reveling joints for the night. The waiter came to take our orders and I confidently ordered for a Sprite soda, the 500ml one. That did not sit well with one of my male cousins who was financing the party quoting that he would only finance sensible bills. People from my backyard can talk big. The only money that was between me and my destination was only enough for my transport to see Ken. The birthday girl intervened and persuaded me to take black eyes because it tasted just like Sprite, if not better. I was generously offered four bottles for the first round. On my first sip, I affirmed that it tasted way better than Sprite. For a moment, I wondered why people had to give us the wrong perception of how alcohol tasted and how it made people feel. I took a couple of sips and realized nothing was changing. 30 minutes later, two bottles were down. My cousins were impressed. They cheered me on and even offered to buy more. The third bottle was opened and while I ate it, weird feelings started checking in. I was dancing, but it felt like I was walking on air. My English-speaking button was equally switched on. By the way, there is a connection between alcohol 
and the English you speak. The fourth bottle was the end of me. I don't remember anything that happened after. I woke up the next day at 1 p.m. with a throbbing headache. I was informed that I had role played as a radio host, danced like a wall gecko to every tune and eventually had to be carried home. Remember I was supposed to be en route to see Ken who was waiting on the other end, but here I was waking up at 1 p.m. My boyfriend had called 101 times, left sweet and angry messages. I assured him that I would explain. As I prepared to depart for Nakuru to see Ken, my cousins persuaded me to remain and have another great experience. The cousin who played the role of chief financier was more than willing to generously spoil us again. My spirit was willing to travel to Nakuru to see Ken. But my taste buds that had just acquired a newly formed bond to black ice triumphed. I had to break the news to Ken, informing him that my mother had changed her mind about me traveling since we were to host some visitors. This is the only time my mother has ever played the role of a scapegoat in my stories. There are moments of disappointment communicated through inhalation and exhalation but the reality finally dawned. We later met after the semester had elapsed and I had to narrate to him the ordeal that I had wrapped myself in. It became a moment of laughter. Apparently Ken had requested to exile his roommates that night and had to explain himself later on good thing is that i did not eat the fare don't ask me if i can return fare now <laughs> well i i won't ask if you can return fare right now i think the world has uh, given people uh, different lessons Um three days and two nights uh I'm I'm happy with the caption that honestly did not eat fair quite trip cracking in a good way and uh you know what as we continue traversing this space of my first time experience remember you can share your moments of fasts via the email address gumzothepodcast at gmail.com and we definitely do guarantee anonymity thank you so much for uh our story contributor for this week and you know what we just keep encouraging you share your stories and uh my role here is to beautifully narrate it and here i am doing what i know best remember to listen enjoy share and repeat see you next wednesday as we do this all over again in this journey of getting to a thousand listens as we wrap this episode up we extend our solidarity in shaming racism all over the world and all the vices that disintegrate us and we are doing this through the amazing tool of poetry the piece is titled breathe 
and we will be launching it on YouTube soon enough. So here we go. Listen in. Breathe. Before you harvest my breath from the estates of my lungs and cast my fate to walls unknown, let it be known that all I ever wanted to do was breathe. In these vast mansions of rights and freedoms, I have felt like a tenant bound to paying rent with pounds of flesh and pints of blood, sojourning only in the confines of what you define as free in this dorm. Tell me, am I still a slave because of the context of my skin? Sitting at this round table of equals, ready to share bread with grace, I have felt every right to belong. And when I volunteered to share the words of the grace, I opened my eyes to see myself as the barbecue on your plate, dug and furrowed with fork and knife and your naked hands. Tell me, are you too blind to see that this is melanin and not chagrin? I am no longer an item waiting for the auctioneer's hammer and the words sold to be fetched by the highest bidder. I am no longer a slave in cotton fields or whatever modern analogies. No, I am the child of the same God you worship and the same universe you traverse. I am the host of the same red pigment that runs through your veins. Trust me, mine is not black. I am here, and I have every right to belong, to own, to breathe. So as I voice my stand with one knee down, I am held strong by the convictions of those that have gone ahead of us, so don't confuse this sign as a treaty for my surrender, but let it be the sign that I remain unbowed and unmoved with the words that are echoed by the lips and not felt from the heart. So before you harvest my breath from the estates of my lungs and cast my fate to worlds unknown, let it be known that all I ever wanted to do was breathe.